This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Welcome to Disabled Persons Assembly's notable radio show. DPA is the voice of all disabled people, whether the disability be physical, sensory, learning, psychosocial or age-related. Over the next half hour, we'll discover how we can work collaboratively to achieve inclusion for all New Zealanders. DPA's notable radio show, a whole new attitude. Toto, everyone, and welcome to Disabled Persons Assembly Notable Radio for this Friday, the 10th of December 2021. Only 14 more sleeps to Santa and perhaps to a double vaxxed and facially covered Santa. And in the lead up to Christmas, I hope that you're all doing your Christmas shopping or making preparations and whatever. Anyway, I have a guest today, and I'm honoured and privileged to introduce my boss, the Chief Executive of Disabled Persons Assembly, New Zealand Aotearoa, and that is Prudence Walker. Kia ora to you, Prudence. Kia ora, Chris. Thanks for having me. Most certainly. Okay, now let's just get into it. It's been a busy year for DPA. How have you and the team coped with everything? Yeah, the um, demand on DPA is is never-ending. Um, unfortunately, <laughs> there's uh, never-ending disability rights issues to be addressed. Um, and uh, the last few months have been particularly challenging. Um, but we have a great team around the country and... Um, we are, although we're uh, distanced from each other geographically, most of us, um, we really support each other um, and we're just, we're just really lucky. Um, so I'd really like to extend my thanks out to you and all of our staff um, for really working well together as a, as a team spread out the country. Yes, I gotten that feeling myself too i have to say now what have been the biggest issues of the year no doubt the COVID 19 response would be one of them one of the principal ones yeah um of course um COVID 19 and I, I guess you know there's specific issues related to COVID 19 um but also uh, COVID-19 places extra stresses on uh, rights-based issues that are always there. Um, so it just brings those more to the forefront, I guess. But other than that, um, you know, I guess it, it's always the big issues, isn't it? It's always um, employment, education, access, um, transport. The list goes on, really. Um, uh, there's been... There's a lot going on, and I think, you know, as we see um, more and more willingness from uh, different agencies, government agencies and other organisations, um, it's really great um, that we have that opportunity and that they want to have those conversations. Um, and, it, and it also does um, place more of a demand on, on the input that we can have um, but hopefully we can continue to grow and balance that um, as in the year to come. Obviously, yes. <laughs> now, what would be the highlight of the year from everything that we've done as an organisation? Yeah, 
Um, I was thinking about this and it's it's hard to kind of recall um, everything. You know, there, there is lots of good things. Um, and, um, you know, when, when we celebrate small wins and big wins, I think as previously mentioned, one of the big things would be the team that we have and we've seen that grow. Um, another thing... Uh, specifically relation into one of the bits of work we do in the area of employment. Um, so we have our Mahitika Equity and Employment um, program and currently that is running in the Waikato region. Um, I think a really big highlight for me and um, uh, uh reassurance I guess that um, we were really doing something really good was when we had uh, Paula Cesorio, the Disability Rights Commissioner, come and talk to our um, first cohort of participants at the end of their um, concentrated program time. Um, uh, we could the, the energy in the room um, was just really validating and um, people were able to share their employment experiences so far and um, have those really validated by Paula, um, which I think really goes a long way in um, people's employment journeys. So that's just one um, highlight that I can think of throughout the year, um, but there are many more. Obviously, yes. And we could be here all day if we were to talk about yeah. them. But <laughs> it, what would be the most difficult point, though, and why would that be? Um, I have to say uh, the most difficult thing recently is uh, administering the face covering exemptions on behalf of the Ministry of Health. Uh, there's a lot of people in real genuine need um, and it's been emotionally intense to hear from people and their reasons for being exempt and um, their experiences of those exemptions that exist under the public health order not being recognised um, and then to advocate for those issues surrounding the exemptions. Um, so that's been um, since the lockdown in August um, and has really created a lot of work for the organisation. Um, but I have to say it's it's really, really highlighted um, so many disability rights issues just in that one topic um, and as well as being really um, emotionally intense um, for the people doing that work. It has been, and I know that having done a wee bit of that myself, I can inherit sense that from the people who've been applying to us. Mm. Mm. What role, though, do you see DPA and DPOs, disabled persons organisations, playing as we head towards the era of the Ministry for Disabled People and enabling good lives-led system transformation? Yeah, I think those are some big questions um, and certainly um, really significant in terms of, um, I guess, you know, the, the lens um, expected, um, you know, we, we talk about disability support services, but I guess 
with the focus on enabling good lives, I see that that um, is probably likely to become uh, expectation of other government agencies as well. Um, and so I think the potential is really broad. And I think uh, the Ministry for Disabled People um, will uh, really, or has the potential to really push that along. Um, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not clear at the moment exactly what uh, DPOs or DPA's role will be within that, but as I've said in some media, I think that it's really important, um, you know, we need to ensure that a ministry um, for disabled people is led by disabled people. Um, and I think that, um, yeah, I'm really, really keen to see how that relationship then develops between um, DPOs, the DPO coalition, and then individual DPOs um, with the new ministry and how it um, strengthens government work across agencies. Um, I know, you know, personally, just having worked in organisations um, that, uh, you know, sometimes when you name something, uh, the expectation is then that uh, that, uh, in this case, ministry, uh, will take care of all issues related um, to disabled people, say. And I think it's really important to be really clear about what the role of that um, ministry is um, and that it also supports the work of all other agencies to uh, develop their work and responsiveness to disabled people as a population group rather than all of the responsibilities sitting within that ministry for disabled people um, because we need everyone on board. Absolutely. I think that distinction needs to be made uh, and that point needs to be made that the Ministry for Disabled People should be the lead within government on disability issues, but not be the central be-all and end-all, the font yeah. of all policy on disability. Absolutely. Mm. Anyway, aside from the creation of the Ministry for Disabled People and system transformation, what are the other issues that DEPA and the disability community, to your view, can expect to face going into 2022? You know, again, I think that it's um, those issues that always come up. There is always work to do on many issues, um, but a lot of them relate back to those big ones, um, to, you know, employment, housing, education, transport, etc., etc. Um, and so um, I guess... You know, we we know that and we know that things tend to relate to that. Um, some things we can predict and some things come up along the way, but generally um, they fall into those categories. I think internally as DPA um, in 2022, um, 
we're really looking forward to strengthening further as an organisation. Um, we've got a few new roles coming up to help support that and support the development of the organisation. And I think um, in the current context, that's really important so that we can respond to uh, the demand that comes on. Um, we have also seen this year that we... Um, partnered with Emma Cagney to undertake some research around disabled people's experiences of transport um, for Waka Kotahi. Um, and so uh, I'd like to see our um, partnerships evolve as well um, with, with other organisations um, that where we can perhaps share learning um, and share skills that are not necessarily the typical partnerships within the disability sector um, because I think when we uh, partner with organisations that are not just in our sector, although those are important as well, um, then we have the opportunity for greater influence and to uh, affect the rights of disabled people. Absolutely. On a personal note, though, how are you planning to spend your festive break after what's <laughs> been a hectic year for you and the rest of the team? Yeah, it has. Um, so I'm hoping to take a decent break. Um my partner and I have just moved to Rolleston, south of Christchurch. Um, so after a year living with my mum, I'm <laughs> at 40. Um, I'm looking forward to settling in here and having all my belongings with me. Um, my sister and Fano have also just moved to Christchurch. So looking time to looking forward to spending time with them um, and the nieces and nephews. Um, getting to know this area, um, I guess I am a bit, you know, cautious about how um, the COVID environment will unfold over the break. So I'm at the moment I'm thinking pretty close to home. Um, mm. Although you know, um, getting out and seeing some scenery, going for some drives is an option too. So we'll just, I guess, we'll just see that. But. Um, at the moment, I'm, I'm thinking of sticking close to home, um, looking forward to some cooking and crafting um, things that I've neglected a bit over the last couple of years. So, yeah, I hope we um, all have a, a great break and um, get some downtime. Basically, I'm so am I. <laughs> finally, finally, can you let people know how to get in touch with us at DPA and you, and also our closing and opening reopening dates for the festive period? Yeah, so uh, DPA staff will all be taking a break, finishing up on the 24th of December um, and returning on the 10th of January. Otherwise, People can contact us on info, I-N-F-O, at dpa.org.nz or phone us on 04-801-9100. That's great. And I just also would like to say that I will be finishing up there as Dineen Kaitui Tui and also as Senior Kaitui Tui for the year on the 17th of December. But anyway, it's really good to finally have the end of the year in sight. With that in mind, I just wish to wish you and your partner and every one of my colleagues around the country a merry Gary and And also, it's great to work with you 
and also the team. It's been a great honour, as it has always been. And I just hope that you get the break that you deserve. Thanks, Chris. Appreciate it. (laughs) Most certainly. Okay. Well, that's about all for this week's edition or this fortnightly edition of DPA Notable Radio. I'll be back with a Christmas Eve festive special on Friday, December the 24th. And until then, have a really good fortnight, everyone. Keep safe, keep well during these uncertain times. Kakitiano. Disabled Persons Assembly is Aotearoa New Zealand's first pan-disability organisation, acting as the voice of all disabled people, whether the disability be physical, sensory, learning, psychosocial or age-related. Dunedin meetings are held on the second Wednesday of each month and we can provide free transport assistance and a New Zealand Sign Language interpreter when required. If you'd like to know more, call Chris Ford on 476-7579 or 027-696-0872 and you'll find our national website at www.dpa.org.nz Disabled Persons Assembly, a whole new attitude. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.